All right. Hey, everyone. Thanks for joining the podcast. I'm Adam Deer, and today I am joined by Clint Bolsa. Clint, how you doing? I'm good and not too shabby. How are you? Good. Yeah, I'm great. You're looking good. You look fresh and rested. <laughs> fresh as the daisy. Fresh as the daisy. I wanted to kind of kick things off giving you a, a bit of a scenario. Um, you know, like if you're at a, you don't have to perform or anything, but if you're, you know, when you're at a dinner party or, well, I don't know, do people have dinner parties anymore? I don't know. When you're at... We actually, last night, we, no, the night before, we had like a game of, with my whole company members, a game of Celebrity Heads on the Zoom. Oh, cool. That was hilarious because we're totally crap at Celebrity Heads, we found out. And yeah. we're not really good with names. We made it about dinosaurs. <laughs> Perfect. Sounds like it went really well. Did you win? Anyway, dinner. Uh, no, uh, no, I lost. Oh. Absolutely okay. lost. But I imagine you were very entertaining. Uh, so, look, so imagine you're allowed around people. <laughs> people can actually stand next to you and you can talk to them. And, yeah. you know, you meet someone new, you get that classic question that everybody gets, uh, you know, Clint, what do you do? Uh, how, how would... What's your stock standard response to something like that? Sure. Um, I'll give you like the elevator pitch because that's where I always usually go to is, um, so I'm a professional uh, actor, a clown, stilt uh, performer and trainer, mask theatre specialist and teaching artist. And I've been doing that for 16 years uh, professionally, um, full time in Australia, New Zealand, Asia, Europe, and a little bit of America. Um, and I, with all of those specialties, I actually have a, a series of works, um, which falls under about five things. So one would be maneuver roving still performers. Um, so that's my roving still performance company where we do festivals, nightclubs and corporate events, um, uh, world globally. Um, so we've been to Mongolia, Mongolia, Singapore, Japan, you name it. Um, we were wow. in Egypt a couple of years ago. Um, then we have a, another company called The Mask Family, which was funded by Arts Queensland about four years ago. Mm -hmm. um, so very specific full-faced non-verbal mask theatre roving acts designed specifically for outdoor festivals and events. <clears throat> um, wow. Then I've got an in-school uh, theatre company where we look at... Uh, workshops, performances, artist residence programs, professional development for teachers and regional community projects. Um, but we specialize in looking at resilience training through laughter for young people. Um, through the specialties that myself and my ensemble um, have been, uh, sorry for the bad English, spe uh, spe uh, specifying, <laughs> I can't speak today. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> 16 to 20 years so that's you know clowning mask theater and uh physical comedy and circus um then i have boof which is my high status clown which i've done variety shows and guest spots and international contracts over mm -hmm. uh, 16 um so yeah and then i teach uh at uh qt so i teach uh, the theater students and the actors uh, uh comedy um, yes, that's the quickest elevator pitch I think I can do. <laughs> that's, 
That was amazing. <laughs> so basically, you don't do very much. That's pretty much right. Not at all. Yeah. <laughs> Just sit around. Yeah, cool. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah busy, busy, busy. So, I mean, mm. it is, is clowning sort of the starting point for you? Is, is yeah. That- um, I get, uh, clowning and comedy saved my life. So, mm. um, yeah, but it's always so. been... Well, it's always been with me, like, you know, with my family when I was young, that there was a lot of uh, uh, trauma, let's just say. Mm-hmm. Um, and from the age of seven, my grandparents, um, who in their 70s, they uh, rescued me and adopted me and brought me up since the age of seven. And so my grandfather was one of the um, heads of the CSIRO, um, was one of their lead uh, uh, chemists and um he used to travel the world dealing with how to eradicate the cattle tick in a humane way. Um, right. Grandmother was a language teacher and then they, um, she knew French, German, Latin and Italian. Um, so uh, it was almost like going back to the 1970s. So literally, physically yeah, right. in the, which is wonderful. Um, <clears throat> so, and then when I went to university, uh, studying a theatre at QUT, I was nursing my grandparents through cancer and dementia. So I was half living in a nursing home and then half living at uni. And um, mm. I little pockets during high school because I was bullied a lot and beaten up a lot because um, A, being, you know, six foot, you know, six from like grade nine. Um, oh, wow. Not, yeah. yeah, not knowing how my body works always, you know, walking on my tiptoes and having yeah. a bounce. Well, it's awkward enough. Yeah, it's awkward it's, enough. Yeah, just being a teenager, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, they thought that was different and they didn't like difference. Um, uh, throughout that time, I slowly started to discover that I was able to make, uh, in particular, my bullies laugh in a public performance and that sort of changed their thinking overnight and then they actually started to become really good friends hmm. uh, and to this day still are. Um, so, yeah, long story short, university, I had just uh, lost um, my grandparents and I was either going to go, you know, go to the left and sort of die, quite frankly. Mm-hmm. Um, I was about 60 kilograms, uh, so a lot oh, of wow. trauma. Yeah. Um, and then we did a, a, a comedy show at, at university and it was just so wonderful because the reciprocal play and joy within the audience um, and I found it in, not in an ego or selfish way but I found it incredibly therapeutic but not just for myself but for the audience and it, it uh, um, uh, lifted and, uh, uh, something between us. Um, so, yeah, I always say that, you know, laughter... And then from the laughter training and clown after that uh, saved my life um, and continues to, you know, it's, it's, it's a, it's a big reminder. Hmm. That's beautiful. Yeah. Thanks so much for sharing that. I appreciate that. So yeah. And I mean, you do hear quite a few artists and performers that it has performing has saved them in some sense, you know, they've always got a, a story. That, that links yeah. into that. Um, well, yeah. It's, it's amazing how uh, common that is. Yeah. And it's, I think the training that we have, I 
can't speak for others, but for myself and Clown in particular, that it uh, it trains you to be uh, uh, to to find strength in being vulnerable and being able mm. to uh, share that vulnerability with an audience in a safe way, um, but in a um, courageous way as well. Mm. Yeah, because you, I mean, to to be good or to be great, you have to be willing to to go there to connect with those emotions and sort of face those demons. Yeah. And you have, I guess. To, you have to know yourself pretty well. And that takes a long time as well. Yeah. Now. Yeah. You know, each, each time you go on stage, you discover a little bit about yourself. You go, Oh, I didn't know I was able to do that. But because I do that through the guise of, uh, of a character, because in real life, I'm actually really agoraphobic and a little bit, um, Nervous of people, which is <laughs> yeah. But then put me in front of a stage with two thousand people in a character. Uh, I can do a lot of things that I would normally be able to do. Mm. Yeah. yeah, cool. And I was, I was wondering, you know, quite a few of your, the characters that you do wear masks. Uh, yeah. How does that change? your delivery, mm. you know, having a mask, how, what is, how does that change you? So in particular, full face nonverbal mask theater in that it takes away your entire face and, um, yeah, they're, uh, they're big. Yeah. They're, they're, it's like, it's kind of liking it to a cartoon character <clears throat> and they've just been taken out of a cartoon book and put into real life. Mm. So all of a sudden, they're sensitive to the needs of their audience. Um, they are connecting directly to the hearts of their audience. Oh, sorry, I've got some workmen downstairs. I don't know. <laughs> that's, that's all right. Someone's breaking <laughs> in. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but when you take away the face, uh, uh, it, it, it's a hard thing to uh, communicate, but it, you sink more into your body, mm. if that makes sense. Right. So every little that in particular a hand gesture is doing, it basically amplifies the mundane and makes that extraordinary. Um, um, so, so, yeah, they're, I, yeah they're, they're focus, the audience focuses on the physical movement more. Absolutely. So you have to look at, say, Charlie Chaplin or Buster Keaton or uh, Jacques Tati, who are, you know, three of my heroes when it comes mm -hmm. to physical and non-verbal, also Marcel Marceau or anything in Slava's uh, snow show from Russia. Um, uh, no words are needed. It's universal. Yeah. It's um, and that's what's so beautiful uh, about that work when you're in complete control of your body with a really uh, wonderful sense of clarity, um, but coming from a place of... Um, uh, compassion. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And, and uh, that's great. I was wondering, is there, what, what's your face doing? I mean, that, that, oh, might sound, yeah. <laughs> that might sound weird, but is it, I mean, you just really focused and thinking or are you just face is just in it, just the same as your body is. There has to be a symbiotic relationship with your body, um, with the mask and with your emotions. So if um, your face is working overtime, because whenever you raise your eyebrow, or if you say, for instance, you can see me in front of the screen for people who are listening, um, if I smile, 
what yeah. does my body do? So my shoulders go up and that's connected right. with you. Um, so you have to do all those facial expressions underneath to activate the body because something so subtle is amplified with that mask. Mm. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah, I was just wondering because I'm just always thinking, what is that? What's going on behind there? What's their face doing? Like, well, yeah. it's the ultimate uh, uh, um, uh, uh, skill of the uh, what the mask does. It is it makes you completely honest in your body. So if you're behind there and you're just bored, that's going to read as boredom. If you're angry behind it, it's going to read as anger. If you're happy, mm. it's going to be happy. so. You uh, again have to be really in control of what emotion you want to portray and then activate that to its fullest potential. Yeah. yeah. And I think sometimes maybe people who don't perform don't realize how challenging it can be to leave your stuff at the door and be this character. You know, you could have had the worst morning ever and then you've got to be like this happy clown or, or, or something. I don't know if you had experience with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> 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 just a little just a little um uh but when you can when you can i think that's also where it's a privilege to be able to go oh i have had a really crappy time but then i can go into a character and escape for a while mm. um uh, and i'm not avoiding things i think it's quite the opposite you're actually working through things in a uh, through a, a positive way um if that makes sense yeah, no, that does. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, and as you were saying before, you've performed around the world. Uh, what would you say are some of the differences? You know, like, uh, I think recently you were performing in Hong Kong. Like, what would be the difference performing there as opposed to Australia? Um, I always look at things in rhythms. So at the moment, right. when I'm talking, my rhythm is a lot faster because, you know, we both speak English, we can see each other on the screen, and there's a particular um, um, pace that we uh, talk in together in Australia, whether that be on a screen or on stage. Um, in Hong Kong, uh, there's so much joy that comes from an audience there. Not that there's not joy in Australia, there's an equal amount of joy, but the joy is, I think, different in uh, in Hong Kong and Japan, I have to say as well, in that they're just so um, appreciative of uh, performers from another country because they don't get that um, in the quantities that we do in Australia. Um, so everything right. is really exciting. So even if you take two steps on stage and even haven't said a word yet, just the stature and just being on stage, they just go, they think it's absolutely amazing and wonderful, which is fantastic because yeah. you're not having to push older up a hill to win them over. You go, oh, okay, cool. I can work with this. So um, uh, I find a lot of nonverbal work works a lot better. But having said that, and the show did in Hong Kong for the past two years, putting a lot of English in the show, but then being able to translate and learning um, and putting that into Chinese. And then mm. the audience, amazing, you've actually learned or know uh, our language and how much respect that is. And then if you're doing comedy, you can manipulate that in some wonderful ways to get a uh, wonderful laugh, laughs from the audience. So, yeah. 
Yeah, great. That's brilliant. <laughs> yeah, no, that's good. Yeah, I just was wondering uh, what, you know, what some of the differences would be. Um, and also, I mean, some of your characters are, you know, like Boof is a bit more of a solo endeavor. Are there pros and cons to collaborating and performing by yourself? Um, I still think he's really uh, um, collaborative because uh, I've had him for 16 years um, and any clown will tell you that um, when they when you find your your clown persona um, your alter ego if you want to go down that uh, road um, they develop you develop as a human and as a performer and I always see well, he is. He's a separate character and he's your friend that you can go, oh, I remember, you know, 2007 that, you know, without Buff, you know, he was my uh, support for that year mm. and all the positives and negatives that have gone through that and blah, 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 blah. Um, but he is a very high-status, verbose, high-clown, um, which kind of you liken it to um, uh, uh, Tim Burton... Slash, um, if you were to go to your great auntie's place on Sunday afternoon and have a cup of tea, that's <laughs> yeah, right. A little bit terrifying, but then there's also a huge sense of familiar familiarity, say that word today, um, and trust and respect and joy. Um, so you never know what he's going to say. Um, um, but yeah, but in the creative process with both, I work with a writer and I work with. Um, uh, designer and it's really collaborative in that way but then the other outlay on that is because he um, loves to connect with people and he can connect, he, he has that ability to be able to doesn't matter if you're what status you have whether you're the prime minister or if you um, uh, or if you work you know in a cafe um, it's he can bring everybody on the same level um, so Without an audience with Buff, he, he doesn't exist. Mm. Um, I've, um, because a lot of it is improvisation, reading the physicality and the little ticks that you know the uh, interviewee um, is giving, and then you start to sink into their rhythm, and then you can just play which is a joy and it's a joy for an audience to watch because the audience are going, Oh, thank God he's not picking on me. or thank God he's not talking to me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> They'd love to see that other person uh, uh, working. Great. And, and so, yeah, just continuing on with Boof was there, I mean, how long did it kind of take to feel like, okay, I've got this guy, you know, were you, were you really trialing a lot of different things or did it just feel like it came together quite quickly? I mean, I know you were saying you were collaborating, but just for you. Yeah. Um, I, when he was in this, like, pubescent stage, I want to say, <laughs> yeah. he, was, he was actually nonverbal and he did a lot of nonverbal routines. And then I think I was doing a contract in Japan and I discovered the beginnings of a voice for him. And then it was, you know, like a, a, a baby learning how to walk, how to talk. And then when he's gotten older, he's got a lot more <laughs> opinions, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> a lot more stories to share. Um, uh, um, what was the question? <laughs> uh, are you single? No. Um, uh, 
No, so just like how how long did it kind of take to oh, to, to get to, to feel, the... yeah to feel like oh, okay, I don't. I'm, I'm uh, here. Every time and every day, you discover new things about him, which makes him a really three dimensional and real uh, uh, character. Mm. But also, clown is a different logic, and also clown characters I find are universal and timeless. So you know. Could have had a. He does have a really long history that starts to pop up, and you go, "Oh wow, I never knew that about you." Let's discover that. Um, but I guess there's about ten years ago. I found when I was doing a show, it was about in front of like eight hundred people, and I have a routine where I um, uh, play the Alpine cowbells as both, and I have. A I've only seen photos of it. It looks very interesting. I've only seen pictures, but. No, it's so fun where you have, I essentially give bells out to the audience and conduct the player song and manipulate that rhythm to the point where um, by the end of the routine, they're celebrating that they got the, the song right. So um, you have the structure for that routine and then you go out and you go, I have no idea how it's going to go. I have no idea what Wolf is going to say. I have no idea. <laughs> yeah improvise with tonight but I've got my solid structure I know where I'm starting hot points and where I need to get to so that's equal parts terrifying equal parts exciting um, uh, uh, when you do get that that wonderful uh, rhythm right it's 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 it's, it's beautiful it's, yeah so yeah mm. perfect and so during this, <laughs> it was great. You, it was great answer. I'm loving it. Um, so, and during this time of isolation, a lot of performers are finding different ways to be creative and, you know, what can I do? How can I keep working? How can I keep the creative juices flowing? And so you've been keeping busy with Boof in that sense uh, with your, with your uh, segment afternoon tea. Yeah, the thing is, <clears throat> I'm just going to wait for that drill to stop. Um, I think it's different. You know, every performer's journey is different and every reaction is very different. Um, I think with me, I think the first two weeks is particularly hard just because I, you know, in the first two weeks, $185,000 worth of turnover was affected up until March. Mm. Um, in any calendar year, usually as a sole trader, I engage about 45 contractors on different gigs. Um, so really having a, uh, um, uh, what's the word? Comeback word responsibility to help my family of performers that I've worked with for 16 years. So the first point of call was actually contacting all the end clients and negotiating and going, what's your situation? Okay, this is our situation. How can we work together to move forward to keep live performance alive moving into next year? So those conversations are still ongoing. Um, and then having conversations with all my friends that have lost all their work. Yeah. Um, Art was actually being ripped apart, and you know when as a you've probably had this before being a performer yourself. When you just have this 
huge physical and mental urge to um, you need to do something to give something back to help. Mm. Um, it just so happened that last year we'd been funded by Arts Queensland to develop uh, a whole series of works for both that we were going to look at programming later this year and next year. Um, so I said, what can I have to offer is connection. I'm not doing it for money. It was just about I want to to sit on a couch and share stories from Boof and then invite my friends um, and performers that I've got relationships and work with and who have about 30 of them from around the world, I have to say, I've just said, yes, we want to, we'll come on and we will uh, uh, share what we have to help people through this time. Um, and then we just put a donations link to go, hey, if you can pay something, great. If you can't, that's fine. Um, uh, so, yeah, friends who are technical wizards, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I'm in the same boat, trust me. <laughs> they do that, and then um, it's been a wonderful process for the last, we're coming up to week six, and we committed to eight weeks. Um, um, and, and are you, yeah, just, sorry, are, are you able to do that from home? Is that, is that how you've yeah. managed to work it out? been able to do that from home um, and then we Skype in all of our guests, you know, whether they're in Australia or at Las Vegas or Russia. Um, I think we've got uh, Hong Kong and America coming up in a couple of weeks. Um, so, yeah, it's, 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 it's gorgeous. <laughs> it's keeping you sane. Yeah, yeah, that's good, that's good. And so um, where can people check, check that out if they want to go? Have a check, check Buff out. Just on my profile page, just Clint uh, Bolster. Um, and it's on Sundays, uh, Australia time in Queensland, 3.30 to 4.30 um, for the next three Sundays. And then we're going to be having a break because um, it is a huge thing to do each week where you write all your material, you get all your guests on board and you do the text and then you have a, a wonderful, joyful play on Sundays. Um, yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Beautiful. Um, and got a pretty big question, I guess, kind of toward the end of our chat. Uh, so from your perspective, uh, what is the role of live performance and how has that, or has that role changed in the last few months, do you think? Oh, I'm, uh, say we took... Um, a festival or an outdoor event as an example. Um, so in particular, one of the big portions of work that we do is uh, roving uh, entertainment. Um, and I'm a firm believer that the roving entertainment is the heart and the soul of any outdoor event and it's the backbone of it because it helps to uplift the lives of audiences, transform their lives, inspire lives, and also save people's lives through interaction, connection, and laughter. Um, for example, we were performing our mask theatre act uh, called The Tourists at Woodford Folk Festival, um, and this was just after the fires um, mm. had happened. And this uh, <clears throat> wonderful uh, lady uh, came up to me uh, and just hugged my character for about, I'm going to say about two minutes. Um, and she just told me her story and how she lost a family member in the fires and that 
this just so happened that she connected with this mask character and she was able to cry um, and said to me that this is what she needed at this point in time in her life and thank you for being so generous. Um, so it's, it's, it's those, I think it's those kinds of stories that are usually not heard of when it comes to mm. the bigger you know, uh, theatre or venues or all that, um, which is absolutely I love as well, totally, and love doing. But I think um, when you can actually be that close to your audience and actually have um, real-time uh, connections with them. <laughs> so Right. Just the perfect timing of this really beautiful moment in your story. <laughs> it's all good. But I love what uh, you're saying there because you're, you're right. With roving performance, there isn't that barrier. I mean, you're very, you know, we hear about the fourth wall and all that. There, there really is nothing between you. It's kind of like you are part of the community in a strange way. Well, absolutely. And you're invited into that community because mm. you are – sensitive to the needs of your audience and you are not um, pushing yourself into their space. If you create that space where it's open, um, then that audience will come to you. That makes sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, and yeah, that, thanks for sharing that. That's a really beautiful story. So how do you see, I mean, obviously things have changed. You've adapted. Everything's pretty much digital now in terms of a performance, at least during this time. Yeah, just for, just for both um, as a, um, a way to connect uh, people through this time. And we've been having lovely people where they have been sending photos of their own tea sets at home and dressing up to go for afternoon tea with both virtually online. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and with um, just really trying to forward think of going not to put everything online. I think there's, there, there is a level of, of, of that, um, of really pushing forward to go, all right, this year, as hard as it is, and limping along with, you know, access to super, job seeker, or job keeper, all those avenues that you have, and helping each other and cooking meals for each other. This year at the moment, absolutely for like the next you know six seven months at present is about how can we have the the base money to be able to create work think of new ideas um, i might invest in a drill <laughs> <laughs> yeah go ask that guy where he got his maybe he can get a good deal um but then going how, when we do come out of this crisis, how can we create a new and innovative and brilliant work that... Drill! It's okay, I can still, your audio is still clear. I, I should be able to do something with it. I've got a program that removes drill sounds. Ooh, that <laughs> connects to the because people will want to help celebrate people and connection again coming into next year yeah yeah great i mean yeah i think that it's probably it'll take a bit of time just to to build up again i suppose um but Uh, i I don't know what what you think um 
I mean, that's a $6 million question. I mean, at yeah. the moment with connections and relationships with the established clients that we already have, um, um, and having a really open and transparent dialogue with them. So I think that's been a, a really good positive coming out of this negativity at the moment. Mm. Yeah. Cool. Well, I think that's a pretty good spot to leave it at, Clint. Um, thank you so much for taking the time to have a chat. I really enjoyed it and learned a lot about you. Oh, pleasure. And thank you for asking me on. <laughs> yeah, cool. Uh, so everyone, please make sure you check out Clint's work online, Clint Bolster on Facebook, Instagram. Uh, check out his website. He's a very talented man with plenty to offer. So please uh, look into his work. Uh, yeah, Clint, once again, thank you so much. Thank you. Happy Friday. Well, that's all we have for this week. Thank you so much for listening. Please make sure you head over to my Facebook and Instagram pages, Adam Dearest, to keep up to date with all the latest episodes. See you next week.